We are starting a brand new message series today. It's called A Lasting Legacy. And, you know, I have a friend, his name is Dan Metzger. Many of you know him because he used to be one of the pastors here. And he shared with me this great Greek poem that maybe you shared it with him, so maybe you already know it. But regardless, I'll share it with you once again. He says this, he says this, A society grows when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. That's what we call a lasting legacy. When folks, basically when folks are making investments that they know will outlive them. When you do things, not because you know it will benefit you, but because you know it will benefit the next generation, and the generation after that, and the generation after that. That is a lasting legacy. And we are called to do that. We're called to be that kind of people. Because you know, the fact is, we get one shot at this life here on earth. One shot. I mean, as, as followers of Jesus, we don't believe in reincarnation, that it's not like, well, if you live this life and you mess it all up, don't worry, you'll come back as a lower life form someday. You'll come back as a cat or something like that, right? We don't believe that, okay? We don't. We believe that, that we live this life and then we stand before God, Hebrews 9.27. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face the judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Praise God. Praise God. This is what Jesus has done for us, that we live this life and we stand before God, but we don't stand alone. We have Jesus Christ who gave his life for us, so that we can have eternal life. It's the best news possible. It really is. And we call that the first half of the gospel. That's the beginning of the story. But that's not the whole thing. Also, we are called, we call the first half to love God, but second half to love others. And live, leaving a lasting legacy is all about loving others. God is calling you and he's calling me to, to do that, to love others as well. So you're going to leave a legacy that outlives you. Whether you mean to or not, you will. The question is, what will that legacy be? And since you're here today, means that you, me, all of us, we're still upright and breathing. We still get to have an impact on what that legacy is. And that's a gift. It, it really is. What does it mean to build that kind of legacy? Well, Let's just take a time out and look back at the past week, okay? If you looked at your life last week and the way that you spent your time, what would you say you've invested in that will actually outlive you, that will make a long-term difference? And, and I don't want to sound like I'm down on entertainment, because I'm not. We all need entertainment. That's an important part of life. It's a good thing. But what have you been investing in that will actually outlive you? What if, you, what if you had an app on your phone that would do this for you, right? It would say, John lived nine hours last week that will actually pay off long term. I mean, they'll probably have that someday. They know everything else about me, right? So why not that, you know? But regardless, what would it say? Would it say, John responded to all the, the social media posts that his friends made correcting both their grammar and political leanings? Well, that wasn't great, was it? I want to invest in things that make a difference, things that are going to outlive me, things that 
long after I'm in heaven that people will be talking not about me, but about these investments and how they impacted their lives. Let me ask you this. Think of this one. If I died today, what would the pastor say at my funeral? Because it's going to happen for all of us. I tend to think it's a long ways away for me. I could be totally wrong. Truth is, none of us know, right? And let me give you a little um, insider information on this question, okay? Because I'm one of your pastors, and, and I know and love the other pastors. And when it comes to your funeral, let me tell you something. We won't lie for you. Sorry. Uh, we won't try to make you look bad either. Don't get, it's not a threat, I promise. But we won't lie. Can't do that. So please, live your life in a way that gives us some good material, okay? <laughs> not for us, but for you. What if you live your life in a way that when it comes time for your funeral, that we have the blessing of just tying this bow on this amazing life that was lived for Jesus, this legacy that impacts generation after generation after generation. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how do you do it? Well, Deuteronomy uh, is, it's one of the most famous passages in the Old Testament. In fact, when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the core here, right? Like, how do I know that I can inherit eternal life? He went right here to Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says this, these are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. So it's, it's kind of an interesting verse. You know, the milk and honey stuff might be a little weird to us, but it's talking about prosperity. They, they have different terms for it than we do, but that God would prosper you. He says, if you, your children, your grandchildren, you obey me, you follow my commands, you live the way I'm calling you to, I'm going to take you to this great promised land, and I'm going to bless you generation after generation after generation. This is what God promises. And notice that God's people were instructed not only to personally obey God's word, that's a start, but also to model this, gen this obedience for the, the future generations. You don't just obey for your own sake, you obey for your kids' sake, your grandkids' sake, your great-grandkids, or your employees, or others around you. Our obedience is part of how we leave a spiritual legacy. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Basically, let the Lord's word, let God's word 
be so close to you. That, in fact, uh, Jews do this even today, right? Uh, we have an image here of some young Jewish girls in Jerusalem. They have phylacteries on their, their wrists and on their foreheads where they, they have God's word literally strapped onto them. And it's a way of saying if I physically have impressed this on me, that I would impress it upon my heart. That's the goal. That this would be something real in my life, in my heart. We saturate ourselves with scripture. That's what we're called to do. Not just ourselves, but our children, our grandchildren, our families. We saturate ourselves with scripture. Uh, let this be part of when, when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, when you go out, when you're driving, when you're sitting and hanging out, let this spiritual legacy matter to you. Invest in it day after day after day. This is key to leaving a spiritual legacy. It's not only about making a couple big decisions right, that's great, but it's about an ongoing set of decisions of faithfulness that we are called to make. And, you know, sometimes I'll have parents come to me and say, okay, John, well, I, I get it, but I don't want to cram faith down their throats, right? You know, like, that's, uh, that's not what I want to do. And I understand. I mean, we don't want to cram anything down our kids' throats, but as parents, I believe that in many aspects of life, we put things in front of them, or sometimes we even make decisions for them. Why? because they need that from us in those formative years. Because they don't always know everything that's right and wrong in those early years. Did you? I know I didn't, I'll tell you that for sure. So what if you were raising a child and that child came to you and said, you know what, I don't want to brush my teeth anymore. It's stupid, I don't like it, I'm not doing it. What would you say? Would you say, Okay, well, guess I should start saving for those root canals because you're not going to brush your teeth anymore. I doubt it. If that is your approach, please keep your kids at least six feet from me because I don't want to smell that, okay, right? Like, that's not pleasant for any of us, you know? Like, no, of course you wouldn't. You'd say, hey, guess what? In this house, we brush our teeth. As long as you live under this, this roof, you're brushing your teeth at least twice a day. I'll sit here and watch you if, you if I have to, but you're going to do it, okay? Because I love you and I care about you and I want for you to have good health practices. That's basic. Or what if your kid came to you and said, you know, I don't want to go to school anymore. It's dumb. Like, it's boring. It interrupts my video game time. Come on. If... All this stuff I don't even need to know. I'm looking at you, Algebra 2, right? Like, I don't need to know this. What would you say? You're right. You, you need more time with video games and less time with school. You just, you stay home. That'll be okay. You say that? No, you wouldn't. How do I know that? Because you're not incarcerated right now, okay? And that's what would happen eventually if you did that. Because you have a job, a legal responsibility, to leave an academic legacy for them. In fact, I've talked to so many of you who told me that you actually moved to Anderson Township because the schools are so great. Some of you, you, you voluntarily chose to pay more in property taxes than you used to pay because of the schools here, right? We're, we're proud of them, that's a great thing. Or others, you send your kids to private schools or you homeschool or whatever you do 
I bet you take their academic legacy seriously. For others, maybe your, your kids are in travel sports, right, you know, and you give a lot of your time and money and sanity, right, to going all over the place watching your kids play, right? Why? Because you care about their athletic legacy. Or you've got kids in band or chorus or theater or something like that. Why? Because you care about their artistic legacy. These are great. Keep doing them. I'm not down on these at all, but here's the thing. Don't neglect their spiritual legacy in the process. Those other things are great, they're important, but their spiritual legacy shapes their eternal destiny. What's more important than that? God, forgive us for the times where we downplay this, where we make it this like accessory in our lives. It's not. It's central. It's central. I've shared with many of you in small groups about my home church growing up what an impact it made on my life, the youth group and so many other things there. It's part of why I'm so passionate about the church today, because I know it changes lives. It changed mine. What I didn't tell you, though, is that when I was 12 years old, I decided I didn't want to go to youth group. I was in seventh grade. I was pretty shy. We had a big youth group, and I was kind of intimidated, honestly, and I didn't really like it. And I remember coming home. I, I told my mom, I'm not going back. I don't want to do this anymore. And you know what she said? I don't care. You're going. <laughs> the audacity, right? How could she talk to me that way? But seriously, I grew to love that youth group because my mom made me stick with it. And I would have missed out on so much development had she not. I'm thankful that she taught me to love church. I'm thankful that she taught me to to be on time. I'm thankful that she taught me to work hard. I'm thankful that she taught me that academics are important, that, other, that the way you treat people is important. I'm, I'm thankful that she taught me to be generous because that's a lasting spiritual legacy. My life is different as a result. And, you know, parents, if, if you don't sometimes make kids do things that they don't want to do, you're not a parent. You're a buddy. Buddies are great. We need lots of them. But your kids, are, they're only getting one or two parents, okay? And if you're one of them, you got an important job to do. You have a legacy to live. You have a legacy to leave. And that's so important. And maybe you say, well, okay, wait, time out. I, I bring my kids here to church, right? Isn't that you guys' job? It's kind of like outsourcing, right? Like, I bring them here, you take care of that. I don't have to worry about spiritual legacy. Well, we take very seriously when you leave your kids or your teens with us. We do. I promise you there are few things in my life that matter more than that. Because we know that these are formative and essential years for your kids or your grandkids. And I promise you we will always do our absolute best to pour into them spiritually, to build a strong spiritual legacy. We will do our best. I'm so proud of Kevin and Lauren and Melissa and their teams. They do such amazing work. And we're going to keep getting better and better and better. But here's the deal, parents. We cannot replace you. We can't. We can make the best children's and youth programs on the face of this earth, and we cannot replace you. This is a team sport. 
spiritual development of our kids and teens, passing this legacy on to the next generation. This is us together, and we will always do our best to partner with you. If we mess up, tell us. We want to get better. We'll always do our best to partner with you, but we need you. We need you to model this. We get your kids for one or two or four hours a week, and we will do the best we can in that time. But we want to equip you to be the parent there for them who leaves this lasting spiritual legacy, who, verse 7, impresses these things on your children, talks about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you get up, that this is a, like a fixation in your household, that we want to make spiritual things central. We want our kids to know and to love Jesus. And yes, they have to choose for themselves. You can't make the choice for them. It's not possible. But we want to set them up to have the best opportunity to make that choice. That's our job, to be faithful as parents. We do it in so many other ways. Why? Because we love them. Let it not be different, any different, with our spiritual legacy. So I want to invite you to a couple things today. Just a couple ways you say, maybe you're sitting here and saying, I don't know how good I'm doing at this. I don't know what my spiritual legacy looks like. Well, here's one way. Anna talked about earlier. We have uh, this uh, out in the lobby, the I Love My Church campaign going on. We've got the Red Tower, and there's a bunch of areas to serve. Some of them are with youth and children where you could directly pour into the lives of really helping to leave this lasting spiritual legacy. That may be your calling. If so, please go sign up. It's, you know, we'd be happy to talk with you about that and see where God may be working in your life. Maybe for others, you're like, yeah, that's not for me. What is for you? What is it that God has created you to do? You know, because all of these things are central to who we are as a church in passing on this legacy. Maybe for you, it's, uh, it's, it's working in the media booth, right, to, to make sure that things sound and look good, right? You know, you could be the one running the slides, which is terribly hard because you have to follow me, and I go all over the place. I just say whatever I want to say, right? And they, <laughs> you should love these people. They do great work, right? You know, or maybe for you, it's coming in and, and helping to prepare the building during the week to fix the things that break. A lot of things break around here, and we have a lot of great people that fix them. Or maybe, maybe for you, it's teaching a, a, a class or leading a small group. Or, or singing in the choir, or whatever it is, please, just say yes to God. Your spiritual legacy is something you get one shot at. If you're not proud of where it is now, this is not a shaming message. No, this is hope. You can start to make the changes today. You can. One other thing you can do, and this is, this is about as easy as it gets, okay? I'll just lay that out there. Next week, we're doing something really cool. We're going to be blessing backpacks, actually blessing children as they go to schools and blessing our teachers, our principals, our our school staff, our coaches, our janitors, bus drivers, all of them, because this is like one of the most important mission fields in the Cincinnati area, right? There's so many kids going there who don't know Jesus. We're going to send a bunch of kids and a bunch of adults into these schools to be a great example of who Jesus is. And so we're going to bless them. So what do I need you to do? I need you to bring them with you, okay? Maybe you've got kids or grandkids or neighbors or friends or whatnot. This is an awesome time to invite them. Why? Because next week we're going to do that, but we're also going to have free ice cream. And everybody loves ice cream, right? Like we're going to have an awesome ice cream truck parked out that way. We're going to have all the good stuff, right? It's like free. It's unlimited. You can get five. I don't care, right? It's up to you. That's between you and your dietitian, okay? You know, we don't want anybody going to coma, but, you know. We, we want for you, and is this a gimmick? Yes, absolutely. 
Because what's not a gimmick is blessing and praying and building into the lives of children and teens. And man, if an ice cream truck helps us do that, I'm all for ice cream. We love your kids and the kids in our community. We want to do this. So please, would you invite them and bring them? Because you, you're leaving a spiritual legacy. Who knows? Maybe someday there will be a family who says, you know, our family didn't really know Jesus. Faith wasn't a thing for us. But one day, these people from Anderson Hills, they invite us to come to church. The only reason we went was because of some stupid ice cream. And God changed our lives. That could happen. I believe in that. One more thing. Last week, we did something sacred in here. We do it routinely. Uh, we laid to rest some saints in this room, uh, one of whom, um, his name was Wes Lampy, uh, a wonderful man who loved Jesus so much, loved his family so much. I wish I had more time with him. I do. I, being brand new here, I didn't really have that, but I wish I did. And I, I, I listened, I, I sat there where Anna's sitting, and I listened as, as Howard Preston, our beloved pastor emeritus, he stood here and he said these amazing words about Les, about Wes and his life, and how he lived, committed to Jesus and to his family. And then I, as I sat there, several of his grandchildren came to the lectern, and they talked about Wes and what an impact their grandpa made on their lives how he loved them, how he spent time with them, how he cared about them, how he drove long distances to be with them, how the things that mattered to them mattered to him. Even if he didn't understand it, he'd pretend that he did. He, he and, and Connie, they modeled a life of faithfulness to one another and to Jesus for decade after decade after decade. It's a rarity nowadays. And they did that. He was invested in his church. Even if you didn't know Wes, you've been blessed because of the ways that he served here. The ways that he impacted God's kingdom here. And as I was sitting there listening to Howard, I thought, here's a man who's truly left a legacy that will outlive him. I want that to be true for me, for my kids and my family. And I want it to be true for you as well. For some of you, this is kind of one of those just like pat you on the back kind of messages. Keep it up. You're leaving this amazing legacy. And I'm privileged just to get to be one of your pastors and to live this thing out with you. Maybe for others you say, honestly, John, I'm not really leaving much of a spiritual legacy. Let today be the day where that changes. Day one is today, where you step forward in faith and do this. I want to do something a little different. I felt God laying on this, this on my heart last night. And so I want to invite those who are here today. Maybe you're, uh, th those who are pouring into this next generation. Uh, we're all leaving a legacy, but especially for those, maybe your parents or maybe uh, you've got grandkids that you're really helping to raise in a lot of ways. Maybe you're a coach or a teacher or uh, you employ kids or whatever it may be. Um, I want us to take a moment and pray for you. So if that's you, would you please just stand right where you're at? That's all I'm going to ask you to do is, you, would you stand right now? And for those of us who are around them, 
you could uh, extend a hand towards them or, or if, if they're comfortable, put a hand on their shoulder or something like that. We're going to pray for them right now, okay? So let's do that together. Lord, I'm asking you, we're asking you, that you would be building a phenomenal spiritual legacy through these parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, uh, teachers, whoever they may be, that you would be building a lasting spiritual legacy that is going to outlive them. Lord, that long after we're all gone and home to be with you, that people would remember not our names, but that they would see this legacy of faithfulness, legacy of love, legacy of truth, legacy of kindness, legacy of acceptance, all these, that, Lord, that they would see this in us. Lord, I pray your richest blessings on them, God, that you would empower them to leave a legacy. God, for those who are doing so well with this, God, would you just encourage them right now? Help them to see it even where they haven't seen it. And Lord, for those who maybe were struggling a bit with that, Lord, I praise you, I praise you that you call us to be faithful and not perfect, because we aren't. We mess it up a lot, but we need you. We need your strength. We need your help. We need your power. Lord, so I bless them. I pray that you would just work in their lives and build this legacy. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.